hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to Netgear. Uh, we're, each, each, we're here each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. I'm Trevor Long from Your Tech Life. And joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to be with you. I think the big question is, will you still need me? Will you still something else me when I'm 64? Episode 64. You know, we get excited about episode 40, episode 50. You know, 64 has got a meaning. You know, it's a good Beatles song. Absolutely. Yes, that was a lovely segue. I do my best. Let's start talking tech, though. You know, statistics are a wonderful thing. They help us, you know, find out what's going on in the world and, you know, determine how important some devices are. But what I find interesting is um, is the smartphone market is a tough one to read because, you know, people think Apple's dominant, but it's actually not as dominant as other players. But people think that Android's bigger than iOS, but in terms of apps, it's really not. But, you know, how many people are actually using smartphones this is a really important question for for the market, let alone for people and app developers and businesses. And it's a pretty big number, isn't it, mate? Absolutely, yeah. Research released by Google shows that Australians, 52%, as a matter of fact, of Australians are using smartphones. That's Mm. more than half the population, which just goes to show Aussies are early adopters, especially when it comes to communication technology like smartphones. We live so far away from the rest of the world. Mm. Communication's always been an important thing for Australians. Yep. But uh, it's... uh, a massive growth, 40% growth from last year. So we're, we're, I think we're second in the world in smartphone adoption yeah. behind Singapore. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because um, they talked about um, – look, this is a respondent-based research. So they say 94% of respondents have researched a product or service on their smartphone, which is – you know, this is the interesting thing. I think that when it comes to Android, a lot of people, you know, when they get an Android device, that it's it's – it's because they they don't really want a smartphone. It's just the best phone for them to get on their plan. And they they go, oh, what's this internet button? And they go Google, and you know <laughs> they can really use it that way. So that's people, what I call my browser icon, the internet button. Yeah, well. exactly, mate. People use the internet button. Don't worry about yeah, that. That's right. But and, and, and that, that's the look. If you can define a smartphone, I think mm. the biggest part of the definition is the fact that it's can it's the connectivity which can get you on the internet. And as you said, 94% of us are researching and and 28%, I found this is a significant stat, 28% have actually gone ahead and purchased a product from their smartphone. So the segue into the Google angle of all this research is the fact that not a lot of businesses have optimized their websites for the mobile yes. platform. Yes. So they're potentially missing out on a lot of business. I think there's some stats there that Webjet are saying that I think a third of their of their or 27% of their bookings have come from the mobile and Open College is a provider of online learning. They reckon a third of their course inquiries are coming from the mobile side as well. So you know what the future holds in terms of accessing the internet on your smartphone. And that's a really important point for anyone listening who has a business, who has a website. 
And, you know, it's a tough thing to do unless you've got a, a site that has you know, a plug-in-based mobile site. And even those aren't often the best because you're not, you're not customizing it. You really need to think about those mobile um, viewers because it's, it's such an easy thing. People on the train, wherever they are, they're just jumping on the web. They're looking up a website. And if, it, if it's hard to read and, or they have to start pinching and zooming, they, they, it's just yeah. unattractive so, to do. Just uh, speaking from a tech Tech Guide's point of view, I do have a uh, Tech Guide has been optimized for a mobile device. So if you're looking at it on an Android or an iPhone, even an iPad, there is a mobile version of the site, yep. which basically means that you get all the content and it loads quicker because there, there are less pictures. It's, it's more just the text and the, the important, relevant pictures. So mm. if you are listening and you want to check out Tech Guide on your mobile, you can check out the mobile version. Very you important. You know, uh, digress a little bit, but what's really interesting to me is the future of the revenue market there because a lot of the mobile sites are, you know, single ad at the top kind of thing. They really don't have the rich advertising that, that we're able to do now on the Not web. Not yet, though, Trevor. That's coming, though. Oh, no, absolutely. It's but there already, but it's going to really ramp up, I think, moving forward. But the difficult thing for, for companies building these things is they've got, to, they've got to make sure they're able to capitalize as much as they are on the broader web uh, as, yes. as they can in the future on the mobile web. So it's just another set of challenges for publishers and businesses. Totally right. Just before we wrap up on this, I, I found a really interesting little uh, use case of our, or the little stat about the smartphone usage. Uh, I, I found this quite funny that one in four people would prefer to give up their TV before their smartphone. I um, <laughs> I think that's a very interesting stuff. Which one would you be on the mate, that side? I would give up a lot of things before I'd give up my smartphone. There you go. I th- you know, I got to I got to say, watch TV on your smartphone. I suppose. That, yeah, that, that but seriously, <laughs> seriously, it's crap. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, it's not that good. And <laughs> unless you've got a like a Samsung TV, which has that whole, you know, you can watch another channel on your smartphone yes. while your wife's watching something <laughs> else thing. That's that's TV. That's not bad. That's that, not that's bad. not bad. It's still still not perfect quality though, is it? You know. So yeah, let's get anyway, there, it, it is a massive growth in smartphones, and you see it a lot in when you when you're out in the public. You see people, and they've they've got these phones. It's 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 almost unavoidable now. And, uh, and the growth Walk into will... a mobile store, you try not to buy a smartphone. Exactly. The growth will continue. So we'll, um, we'll no doubt see that same research coming out very soon. And you can read more about the research at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I think I can speak for you on this one there, Trevor, is one mm. thing that the blokes love is an oh, Apple yeah. rumor. Oh, mate. There Bring are plenty of them, but... Uh, uh, very significant one, though, uh, of late is about the new iPhone. Mm. It's m- much speculation about this new device. A lot of people, I get asked, I wish if I had a dollar for every time people ask me when's the new iPhone coming out, I'd shout you a really, really nice lunch. Oh, mate, but, I, uh, I'd be able to do a lot of things with that money. It's, it's <laughs> Seriously, that's a serious revenue source for you and me. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, we should put an idea behind that one. But anyway, the, uh, the world with like, what, what's significant about this rumor is the fact that the Worldwide Developers Conference is less than a month away. Mm-hmm. Now, three of the last four iPhones have been announced at this conference, which is, yeah. starts on, July, on June 11. Now, right. last year was the exception. The iPhone 4S was announced later in October. But uh, I think that the, the rumors are starting to swirl now. We, last week, we were speaking about the Galaxy S3. So many smartphones that are coming out now really taking a bit of market share. Let's face it, the Galaxy S3 is going to be the smartphone to beat, in my yep. opinion, until we see the new iPhone. So the rumors are circulating. I ran a story on Tech Guide today. Uh, Mac Rumors did a terrific job in rendering very, what very they believe is going to be the new iPhone. With, with a, the, the, the consensus is it's going to have a larger screen. It's going to be thinner, mm. new design. But uh, there's so much interest around this that hopefully we may find out in less than a month. 
I uh, I thought they did a great job with those mock-ups because they it, it really looked looked like a genuine didn't look like a photo it looked like a genuine mock-up like a you know it could be from a design studio in Apple and uh, and they did a good job because it didn't look the same it had a had a new kind of curved curved edge to it um, but a, but a, but an evolutionary look and I think that's that's what we'll get we'll get a, a thinner profile but an evolutionary look broadly and I just think they did a great job on that on that and you can they see did, those yeah, I pictures. ran those photos and, and mm. credit, credited to Mac Rooms I ran those photos on Tech Guide story, and uh, yeah, the, the, what I noticed from their from their render is that the it's it's the, they are they they think oh, that the new iPhone is going to be have the larger screen, but to achieve the larger screen, the iPhone needs to, it will need to be taller, so yes. it's a taller device rather than being a wider device. Yeah, and also it's an size. It, it also it'll, it'll um, add an extra row of apps on hmm. on each screen as well. It also carries that um, that that, that rumor forward of the smaller. Um, dock on the on the bottom, the smaller. Yes, as smaller well. Yeah, pin. I found that interesting too. But I, I I don't know. There has been a lot of talk about that. I don't think that maybe no because way. look at all the people who've bought iPod docks. No way. I don't think they're going to suddenly just change no. this universal connector no. that's going to make all these iPod docks useless if you've just bought one. I, I agree. don't think they're going to but do that. There's basically no motivation, really, from Apple's point of view to do that. I think it would be well, a massive change. If they did do it, there'd be big money in i in dock adapters. Uh, yes, that's a good point. Actually, dock adapters instead of just uh, new docks. Now, the other, the other thing I'd say is, and I'll put it out there now, I don't think it'll have a bigger screen. Well, I, Matt, I think it's got to go to four. Mm. I don't think it's going to be ridiculously large like, you know, the Galaxy Note, it's, I, I really enjoyed using that device. It's got a big screen. Mm. I don't think they're going, to go that, they're going to go large like that. I think mm. Apple will probably hit four, maybe 4.2. I don't know. Mm. It's got to be bigger than what it is, though, Trevor. I honestly think it's got to go bigger. It it seems the trend in the smartphone market, not that Apple follow trends, but I think the the appetite is there for a larger screen. Didn't your poll on techguide.com.au itself reveal that the smaller screen was more desirable? It did. Mm. Now, that's that, that's me going against my own readers' opinions mm. here, but I think the, the reason behind <laughs> that was the fact that I think a lot of my readers, uh, and I did a similar, a recent poll about what brand of phone they use, and I think... Forty percent of my readers are iPhone users, so hence they're looking at the screen that they've already got. Hmm. But uh, I don't think they're going to turn their back on a, on an iPhone with a bigger screen somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think my, my gut feeling is, uh, if we have to put our, our our ducks in a row right now, I would say um, similar size. It may be slightly bigger, but certainly not proportionally, um, you know, taller. Um, yeah. Similar size, but certainly thinner. Lighter. It, we, that's that's going to be the iPhone five. Thinner, lighter, and four G. But we'll so. talk about that later too. Just to round up the rumors, uh, the Apple rumor department for this week. The other rumors are that we're going to get a thinner fifteen inch MacBook Pro, which will dispense with the optical drive, yet it will still retain the USB ports, Ethernet, yep. Thunderbolt. So it won't typically be called a, a MacBook Air fifteen inch, but it'll be a much thinner MacBook Pro. Also, talk that the MacBooks, new MacBooks, new MacBook Airs, and the iMac may inherit a retina display but yeah. who knows oh, these know. are rumors lovely if they're true but we'll soon see i think you'd you'd struggle to get um odds um over one dollar and one cent that there'll be a, a, a new range of iMacs and macbooks um because they'll all have ivy bridge they'll, they'll definitely announce new macs and macbooks that have ivy ivy bridge processes yes. uh, retina screen though yeah no nah. 27 inch retina display imagine that it'll, it'll have a re- it'll have a resolution of like 5000 pixels across <laughs> it's literally stupid <laughs> I mean, it just won't happen. Anyway, you can read uh, Stephen's thoughts on the Apple rumors at techguide.com.au.
Oh, mate, three or four weeks ago we talked about the Wake Up campaign. We both got the letter in the mail, you know, saying, Wake up, Trevor, wake up, Stephen. Uh, there was the billboards <laughs> everywhere. There was a speculation it was Samsung. Yeah, then it was revealed it was BlackBerry. BlackBerry had a bit of pre-publicity around it. Then on the big day it launched and it was just this stupid Star Wars-style um, script coming across the screen of the website narrated telling us, that I don't know. I can't. I can't even tell you what it was trying to tell you because it was just so silly. Um, and then they've updated the billboards in some places just to say, "Yeah, wake up, BlackBerry bold, be bold." Um, you you've put a story in, on, down a blog. If you go to techguide.com.au, down the bottom right hand side, there's a blog there that Stephen's written. Um, you had a photo at uh, I think Westfield Miranda uh, of a, of a huge Westfield East Gardens, East Gardens uh, massive massive billboard with the whole script on it. Yeah. Is this just the the weirdest? possibly stupidest marketing campaign in history? I, uh, Trevor, I've uh, got very strong feelings about this, and I, I wrote a very strongly worded blog about this and how I thought it was a complete waste of time and mm. money for mm. a number of reasons. Now, reason number one, they sent us the letter, the wake-up letter, and I didn't get anything else. No. Now, I could possibly report BlackBerry for um, mail intimidation. I don't know. Mm. By sending me an intimidating letter in the mail, I actually <laughs> rang the PR company and said, Did I, have I missed something? Is there a release that you sent out or some kind of notification? Uh, and they said, we'll get back to you, and they didn't. So the, the, you think after this build-up, this stunt, this campaign, there was the, the shouting outside the Apple stores, billboards, would get these letters. You think at the end of that we'd get something? Hmm. We got nothing. There was no new product, nothing to announce just a message to be bold. This is an, a company undergoing radical change. There's no doubt, you know. Um, I just think of the Australian operation, and you and I have had a lot to do with BlackBerry Australia, and they are bloody wonderful Absolutely. people, you know. Um, the, you, but they've, they've lost the, the boss. Adele's gone. Um, they've lost some pretty key people in, in, uh, in the vendor or the, or the telco relationship space. Um, the, you know, the BlackBerry's lost its way. Um, and, you know, as, I, as I've said time and time again, I bloody love the BlackBerry. I yeah. bloody love the keyboard. I really want to go back to it. But I'm not compelled to do it because this simply the app support is there, but it's nowhere near as deep as even Android now. And, and frankly, I don't know what it is about the development platform. But when apps are developed for BlackBerry, they simply look bad. You know, you, you have impressive looking and working apps on Android and iOS. And for some reason, it's like, um, it's like having Windows, Mac, and what was that operating system? OS 2? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like back in the day, it's this kind of third wheel. It's just yeah. it's sad, mate. It's really, really it's sad. Just, I just want to make a couple of points, though, about this, this whole campaign. and the. I think it's damaged the brand, to be honest. It's yeah. damaged the, yeah. an already – I've said this in my blog. It's damaged an already sagging brand. Now, yeah. I think looking back on it, where does where does BlackBerry get off chanting "Wake up!" outside the Apple store? Yeah, yeah. I said in my blog, I said if anything, Apple had probably got a better right to be outside the BlackBerry office yelling them, telling them to wake up. But you know, they would never lower themselves to that. And I think that's the key thing here. You know, Apple. I think you need to you need to model yourself on the market leader, and the market leader. Um, and that's what Samsung's doing. I think Samsung's modeling themselves on Apple by by doing you know good pre-publicity to launches. They've done a couple of sort of stunts against Apple in terms of ads, but they're just they're just fun yeah. smart ads. But actually, it's, interrogation kind of you know weird things like that. I just think it's a bit weird. Yeah. But like, in terms of their their message though, the, now the the ad that, that I've, I've put on my post, which was hanging from the ceiling at Westfield East Gardens, is not the sort of ad that you'd absorb in a second as you walk past. You've actually got to stop and read the whole thing. Now I don't know how many people would have done that if any but 
it talks about it's time to mean business and people eating opportunity for breakfast and you're either in business or you're not. And I found that really rather odd, an odd message, alienating half the population because what does that mean to be in business? So they haven't really defined what that is. They said it's no longer wearing a suit, cubicle sitting kind of pursuit kind of thing. But uh, – I think that's a little bit ironic that they're going down that path because I thought the whole – we knew back in the day that the BlackBerry was an essential business tool. Yep. Why, where BlackBerry fell down is the fact that they didn't market it as well to average consumers as a, as a smartphone. Hmm. Now, I find it ironic that they're going back to the old message of it's, a, it's business and we're the best ones who did it. We were the first ones to do it and you, you know, they want an eating opportunity for breakfast, all this kind of stuff. I think – They've they've missed the mark by so much. It's 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 staggering. Yeah. Look, let me tell you one thing. Oh no, this is not anecdotal. This is evidence based stuff. Now, where I work in my day job is a you know multi million dollar corporation, hundreds nine hundred staff. You know a lot of managers. And over the course of the four years I've been there, we went from you know you know a couple of people having blackberries to to having debates about what the limit on blackberries were because of the the server costs and things to having you know probably a hundred people on blackberries and over the course of you know contractual periods you know one and two years I can tell you right now that the the iPhones are filtering from the top all the way down and blackberries are very very rare to find and and even the core IT people that support the systems are now pushing um, towards either Windows Mobile or Android just to save money because iPhones are expensive, but there's no talk of BlackBerry, none well, at all. Let's face it, like, BlackBerry has had a couple of attempts at a touchscreen device, and each one's been a failure. Yeah. Now, I think you know, the, the, the old the, the BlackBerry's trick of bringing your emails to your smartphone were amazing back in the day when, everyone, when they were the only company doing it, but now that everyone is doing it, they, they've, they've shown themselves to be a one-trick pony. They really ha- haven't come up with that killer device to make them an alternative to the iPhone and Android. Sad. And sad this ca- that's why this campaign is so strange about, you know, it's all about business. And, and you know, but as we said earlier, 52% of the population are using smartphones. Mm. And I'll tell you, there'd be a great percentage that aren't using them for business. Mm. Exactly so, right. I don't, know. I don't know who they paid for this campaign, but I hope they can get a refund. I hope they kept the receipt, Trevor. There's only, um, there's only one group of people that need to wake up. And unfortunately, because it is sad, it's sad to have for us to have this conversation, but the, the people that need to wake up are research look, in Don't motion. get me wrong. I'm a fan of BlackBerry. You and I have discussed the playbook oh, and, the, and the devices. I've been a user for years. I'm just, just disappointed they got this message so wrong. Wake up, Blackberry. That's the message, unfortunately. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And over the next few weeks and, and months, we'll definitely talk about some of the great new stuff that's happening in networking, including the new wireless technology, uh, the wireless band AC, which is uh, the new wireless uh, BGN is, is, the, is the old days now and Netgear overnight. I, I saw photos of CEO Patrick Lowe launching their, their new routers and dongles that will allow you to have this new form of wireless, which is going to be faster and have better range once again. So we'll talk about that in the coming weeks, of course. But, of course, the main thing you need to think about when it comes to networking in your home or small business is connecting devices, and that's what Netgear do best. You bring the internet into your home with a Netgear modem uh, product, and then you distribute it amongst your home or small business with a Netgear router or switch. And um, in your home, it's an easy thing to do, and you can take advantage of products that we've talked about here on Two Blokes Talking Tech, like the Netgear Genie app, to really take control of your network. Whatever it is in networking, Netgear have got a solution, and you can find out more about it at netgear.com.au.
Now, we've uh, often spoken about Telstra and their many services, and, mm. and what's impressed me of late is how Telstra has been really active in being able to connect users uh, through various ways, and one of those ways is through Facebook. They launched a 24 by 7 service uh, on Facebook, but Telstra has added to that with a new Facebook app, which is uh, for prepaid customers, and it allows them, once they install the My Telstra prepaid app, to monitor their prepaid account. Mm -hmm. They can even top up their balance, uh, look back on 180 days of their credit and top up history. So it's as easy as updating your status uh, if you want to add credit or monitor what you're doing with your Telstra prepaid. So the interesting thing about this for me is where this can go in the future. The biggest, the biggest problem I've got with Telstra, and it's not an actual problem, it's just my own ability to use it, is the iPad. I bought a one-year data thing, and I've got no idea when that runs out. And the only way I'll know is because it stops working. And this, the thing that will excite me about the evolution of these kind of apps, which is why it's really exciting, and they are really innovating in this space, the social space, Telstra, and congrats to them for that, is when... When, you know, alerts from, from providers and apps like Telstra come into your feed like email. And that's where Facebook's going here. They, they want to, you know, in 10 years, they want, they want people to be looking at their Facebook feed, not email, you know, kind of thing. And that's where you're getting information and alerts. So imagine getting an alert that says, you know, your iPad's about to run out of data. Um, click here to uh, top it up and it's, it's as easy as that. And I think that's the real exciting power of this kind of stuff. Totally right. Yeah, there's more than 100,000 people that have already liked the Telstra 24 by 7 Facebook mm, page, yeah. which is positive. But uh, the what I like about this is the fact that you can install it and it just sits on the left-hand side of your Facebook page. Yep. So that rather, because you're already logged into Facebook, it's just a click away. You don't have to enter any of your usernames or passwords because you're already logged into Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a, a, just a, a click away to access your prepaid file, your prepaid account. Now, if you've got kids or that you're managing several prepaid accounts, it's right at your fingertips when you're on Facebook. Nice work from Telstra and, and another great initiative which um, is, is pushing the line of uh, that David Thody, the CEO, is, is trying to get, a, get across and that's custom service. The Facebook app, uh, and you can read more about it at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we talk about Netgear just a minute ago, our sponsors, but another great product that they've got, mate, and this is, I've got to tell you, that people just don't know this stuff exists, and which is why I'm happy to bang on about it, but they've had for a while now range extenders, Wi-Fi range extenders, so if you've got a black spot in your house, and I've talked about it before, you put a range extender in between the black spot and the router, and it, it pushes the, the, the internet, the network, closer to that black spot. And the, the key thing that one of the, one of the products I've been pushing for, for a good year or more now is dual band routers, which allows you to have multiple networks in your home so that you can isolate things like Skype or VoIP or video traffic to a certain network while all your, your kids surfing and your mum's Pinteresting and stuff is on another network. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens in our house. Don't worry about that. And, and the great thing they've released now is a universal dual band Wi-Fi range extender so that essentially you can, you can extend both those bands. Now, it's, I know it sounds complicated, but imagine in, in a room, that's a little bit in the corner of the house. You've got a nice little TV. You've got a you've got a connected TV, but the Wi-Fi doesn't get there, and you want to stream from that t from your your network storage or your computer to that TV on the on the on the separate five G network, for example. You can do that with a dual band Wi-Fi range extender. Very cool idea and simple stuff, really, isn't it, mate? Absolutely, yeah. This is uh, we've spoken about Wi-Fi range extenders, but this is a Wi-Fi range extender on steroids because not only does it, it it serves several purposes, it can not only fill in those black spots like you said, but it's also got four ports on the back of this device. So if you 
extend your network to a part of your house, say to where your TV or you use your tablet or you've got your Blu-ray player, you can actually then connect with a cable devices that aren't usually wireless. So a Hmm. Blu-ray cable straight into the back of the net here, range extender, suddenly it's wireless, got a wireless connection. Same thing for your smart TV. So not only do you fill in the black spots, it also can put those normally non-Wi-Fi devices connected to Wi-Fi and also offer that dual band. So several products in one, the dual band Wi-Fi range extender, it's priced at $149 and available now. And uh, if the many products we talk about on the show are all connected devices, tablets, smart TVs, gaming consoles, Blu-ray players, smart uh, tablets, you name it. This is the device that can get all of them onto your internet connection. It's all good stuff from Netgear, and you can read more about that product and a whole stack more at techguide.com.au. I posted my review of the LG Smart TV, the 2012 model of the LM7600. I had the nice 55-inch model uh, still mm-hmm. in the tech guide offices, as a matter of fact, this TV. I hope they don't ask for it back too soon. But uh, <laughs> very impressed with this TV. Now, I'm a big stickler for picture quality, as, as are most users. Yep. They, that's the number one consideration. And I found the LG 2012 model to be a huge improvement over 2011's range of smart TVs. Not only picture quality was a marked improvement, there was less grain in the picture, a lot sharper, a lot better clarity. The black levels and contrast were were, uh, improved, uh, noticeably improved. And on the smart side, obviously, you have your connectivity and a lot of access to content. Uh, you can even duplicate your screen wirelessly to a tablet or smartphone and even send wirelessly if you've got a wide-eye-powered Intel chip inside your laptop, wirelessly send whatever's on your laptop screen to the TV screen as well. So all around, I gave it, I think, four stars out of five, but a huge improvement on last year's model. I went out to Australia's Wonderland and was very disappointed not to um, be able to go on a roller coaster or the, or the water tube and found LG's headquarters. So I popped in and uh, <laughs> is that where their office is? Yeah. Where Australia's Wonderland? Yeah, used to be? they're right on the corner there, basically where Jeez. the where the roller coaster should be. But anyway, I'm not. It's like I'm when not, the Griswolds turned up and everything was shut, they went yeah. to LG instead, did they? I'm not dirty about it. I mean, I don't blame LG. Obviously, I blame the entrepreneurs <laughs> that built the technology park there. But they've got a headquarters out there where they've got a, obviously yes. a bloody big warehouse because it's a really yeah. big building and a very small showroom compared to the size of the building. But really nice when you go to these companies and their showrooms. Look, I, I had a good look through it because uh, I couldn't get to the launch and and. Uh, Lambro out there took me through it. Oh, look, you know, you and I differ on, on 3G in terms of whether it's got future and everything, but also on, you know, which is better. I think passive is fantastic, not because it's, yeah. you know, different high oh. definition or whatever. I just think it's so bloody easy and simple. And let me tell you it's, the best it, feature it, about let, this. Let's be clear, though. It's not, and I've specified this in my review, it's not full HD. It's HD just, but not full HD. That's the thing. And and you know what? I, I'm fine with that because really three the, the stuff I want to watch on three D, I'm not worried about whether it's H D or not. Yeah. So well, if, if you can watch put, on a Blu ray, you're missing out a bit though. Yeah, I'm sure you are, but I just don't think people are doing that. I think three D gaming is gonna be a bigger thing and Absolutely. Well and, that's you a know, good on point gaming, actually. You've got the dual view yes. feature. Do you want to talk about that? The, the thing <laughs> that is the absolute most stunning feature of this, and I reckon it, it just blew the other companies away. You imagine imagine those computer games where you you and I are sitting in, in the tech guide bloody uh, 
um, studio there and we're playing Call of Duty and it's a side-by-side split. So I'm on one side, Stephen's on the other and we've all played these kind of games, racing games or whatever. And it's wonderful when you're playing co-op because you're together and you're, you're looking for things. But if I'm trying to fight you, I can see where you are. And so the amazing thing that this TV does is you, you go into 3D mode and you say it's a vertical split and it puts it into 3D mode. And then what you do is you have a set of glasses that is left side only. So instead of having a left and a right lens, it's only got left lenses and the other glasses are right only. And you literally can only see one side of the screen. Mate, this is brilliant. It's great. It's a, so you get a full screen. Each player gets their own full screen, yeah. independent of the other. So it's like you've got your own television. That's, that's, that's a terrific breakthrough. Uh, really great if it uh, can only be used on the same source. Imagine the day when you can watch two different sources in that fashion. You'll be able to watch two separate channels, two separate sources. So the opportunities there are pretty exciting, the possibilities there. But uh, one thing I want to add, though, the design of the TV is probably one of the biggest uh, features. The, most, the, the best part of it is the yep. fact that it's got a one millimeter frame, an aluminium frame. It's got a black one centimetre border inside that as well, but it looks so minimal that you it looks like all you can see is a picture. Mm. The stand has got a nice U-shaped stand, so it gives it the uh, the the uh, look of it floating on air. It's, it's got great new design. That's another big tick for the LG Smart TV. So big improvement on last year on design, performance, and picture quality. They've taken a big leap ahead, and you can read that full review at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we've only got a minute less left, so I think we should end on, on a very interesting little one that, that we go back to Apple. But, you know, we talked about the, you know, the iPad was launched. It was 4G, but 4G wouldn't work in Australia. The ACCC took them and said, hang on a minute, what's going on with this 4G stuff? It's false advertising, all that kind of thing. There's been no ruling against them, but Apple have made the decision to take to drop the 4G from their marketing and their website and everything and go for the word cellular. So they're now saying uh, you can get an iPad with Wi-Fi or an iPad with Wi-Fi and cellular. I think... Good move because it was confusing, yeah. but, but stupid move because we don't know what cellular is here. Cellular is yeah, an American well, I term. Think that may have been the term. That's obviously the term they use in the US, uh, and obviously that's, uh, that's Apple is headquartered in the US. But I think, look, full credit to Apple. They've, they've kind of said, okay, we, we, we've uh, taken, taken it on board and have changed the label, but, uh, and they've actually specified on the website that the, the product supports very fast cellular networks, mm. but not compatible with the current Australian 4G networks, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, good on them for taking that on board. I think uh, Apple's yep. sort of company, they're pretty fair. They're, they're, you know, they, they could have fought this as much as they wanted. They've got exactly. more money than they know how to spend, but I think good news for them that uh, we, it's, it's a bit more transparent and we'll so, all of us will soon learn what cellular means now, Trevor. Exactly, and, and the, the bottom line and the thing to remind people is it is, it is super fast uh, you know, cellular networks yeah. because it can on the Telstra network at dual band, uh, dual carrier 3G, which is faster than the iPad 2. So it is, it is an important step up, and, and, but it's a good yeah. move from Apple and they're to be congratulated for that. Um, and if, you, if that didn't make sense to you, you can read about it at techguide.com.au. But I think if, if that conversation that we just had didn't make sense to you, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> that's, that's just me. I don't know. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. And that's all we've got time for this week, episode 64. We'll be back again next week. You can download us at iTunes, you can find us on Facebook, and you can listen via Tech Guide Radio at techguide.com.au. Stephen, thanks, mate. Talk to you next week. Yes, you will. Thanks, Trevor.